I had my annual physical last week, and everything's fine. I'm in good shape. Lost a lot of weight over the past few months, so I'm pretty much where I should be, a couple pounds more. And I'm exercising and doing all the things that a man of a certain age should be doing. But while I was there, the doctor asked me, oh, he said, You've, you got your second COVID shot in April. Do you want the booster? And I said, well, that's funny, because I was just reading this morning, like, it was unclear whether people should get boosters. I said, the messaging on this has just been terrible. And he said, I know, I agree. He said, but we have them, and uh, you can get it if you want. So I said, sure, might as well. But the messaging, and I did, but the messaging really has been bad. And I know, I believe it was yesterday or the day before, I saw something on the news saying the FDA has now approved shots for children under 12. My twin daughters got their first shot on their 12th birthday. They really wanted it. My son is 10. And no, 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 we don't know enough about I don't know how we suddenly know enough about it that kids under 12 should get vaccinated. And again, the messaging has been so bad. I'm, I'm really at a complete loss. I have no idea what to do. I've been working fairly long hours on creative stuff, which gets me deep into my own head. And then I look at this stuff and I'm like, holy cow, this is, this is just abject lunacy. So rather than keep you know, me sitting here talking about the vaccines and everything, which you can get similar opinions, I assume, in two seconds by looking on the internet, uh, I'd rather tell you about something I like than complain. And I noticed, I believe it was last week, the uh, uh, Meistersinger von Nuremberg premiered, for this season anyway, at the Met in New York. If I was in New York, I would have gone. One of the great regrets of my life is not going down to Chicago to see James Morris in Meistersinger, I don't know when it was, five, six, seven years ago, uh, He's a, he's a terrific Hans Sachs, and uh, in my opinion, anyway, a lot of people don't like him. I do. Uh, it's, a, it's an opera that's not staged very often. It's not as well known as some of Wagner's other operas, obviously the Ring cycle being the best known. Uh, but I think it's probably his best opera. Uh, another reason why it's not staged very often is because... Uh, Really, only the bigger uh, companies can do it because it's a it's a fairly large production. It requires a fairly large cast, uh, and the other reason is because it's one of the longest, if not the longest, operas in the repertoire. It clocks in, I think, just under five hours. Uh, the, there are many reasons I love this opera, and one of the reasons is it's about art. And the, the story, the plot is very simple, and the story is very simple. Two different things. The plot is just a young man comes to town, to Nuremberg, and this takes place, I don't remember exactly when, 14th or 15th century, I think. I've got my little libretto here, so let's see if it... Uh, 
it's not it's not right in the intro here but in any case uh the the meister singer guild the master singers was a real thing and they were a group of citizens who wrote songs and they had very very intricate and voluminous rules for songwriting and uh this young man in Wagner's opera comes to town and learns that the prize for the latest contest for songwriting is going to be uh, the daughter of one of the Meistersingers. You win, you get to marry the daughter. Ava, I believe is her name. And, uh, and so he decides he's going to compose a song, but he doesn't know any of the rules, and he composes a song and his main rival is a sort of uptight, tight-assed jerk of a guy named Beckmesser who, uh, who wants to marry Ava. And he judges Walter's song and judges it quite harshly. Uh, this, by the way, is Wagner's only comedy. He wasn't really a funny guy, Wagner. Kind of a serious guy. So... Walter then has to regroup and, and learn how to properly write a song. And in the meantime, he and Ava actually fall in love. Meanwhile, uh, I think his name's David, who is apprenticed to Hans Sachs, who's really the, the star of the uh, opera. He's not technically the lead, but he, he kind of is, and he's certainly the heart of the opera. So David uh, falls in love with, I can't remember her name, who is Ava's friend. So there's another little love story going on there. And, uh, and he is not only a, an apprentice in shoemaking, he's an apprentice, uh, apprentice in songwriting. But Hans Sachs sort of takes Walter under his wing, and, uh, and eventually has a little bit of a change of heart about the Meistersingers, uh, because he realizes that Walter, even though he isn't following the rules, is very talented and is writing great songs. And Hans Sachs is meant to be an older man, possibly a, a widower. And, uh, later in life, uh, turns out you can teach an old dog new tricks. He he kind of changes his mind and makes, in Act 3, an impassioned uh, case for, uh, for Walter's song. And, uh, and he ends up winning, and they live happily ever after, presumably. And you wouldn't think it would take five hours to tell that story, but it does. And it's a wonderful five hours. If you know... Uh, a little about the opera, you probably know the overture, which is famous and which is often performed in concert. It's about 17 minutes long itself. But a couple more interesting things about this story. So it's about art, and it's about... Uh, it's about, to some extent, knowing the rules but then being able to break the rules and not being so bound to the rules that 
you allow it to stifle your creativity. So there's uh, an, a pretty cool look at, uh, at that aspect of, um, of creating. But some other interesting things about it is because of the time it's set in, Wagner decided he was not going to write in modern German. So he wrote the opera in the equivalent of, uh, if not old English, at least Shakespearean English. The, the, kind of in, uh, the kind of German that I think a modern German would have a hard time understanding. Uh, which would have been probably at least close to the equivalent of, of learning another language and then writing an incredibly long libretto in that language. Unlike virtually every other composer of the time, Wagner not only wrote the music for his operas, he also wrote the librettos for them, which in most cases was a terrible mistake. He wasn't a very good librettist. Uh, when the ring cycle sags, and where it fails, which is mostly in the third and fourth uh, operas of the cycle, Siegfried and Götterdammerung, um, it's because he is not a good librettist. And one of his terrible habits, both in The Ring and you also see it in uh, Tristan and Isolde, is his tendency to have things occur in one act and then to spend an inordinate amount of time at the beginning of the next act recapping it, where one character tells another character what just happened. It's not a real fun uh, opera experience to sit there while a character tells you again what you just saw. So not the greatest librettist for the most part, but he does a really nice job with this one. So he's not only writing essentially in a different language, he's also writing in rhyming verse. And often it's a it's a, uh, it used to be anyway, a convention of, uh, translation of, of anything from poetry to, uh, libretti to do, um, to do rhyming translations. It's thankfully fallen out of favor. And I say thankfully because the, the attempt to rhyme often led to bad translations because you, the, the translator would be more concerned with fitting a rhyme than conveying the meaning. But, uh, but the original rhymes, and again, for a libretto of this length, that's fairly impressive. And then the other thing is the main rule of songwriting in Meistersinger is that each section of the song, let's call it a verse, but each section of the song is to be of a certain length. There's, there's fundamentally three sections. Sections one and two must be of an equal length. Section three, or verse three, must be twice the length of section one and section two. So essentially, section, the, the, the length of section one and two combined. And what Wagner does in this three-act opera is he creates an act one and act two that are equal in length and an act three that is twice as long as the first two acts. That is diabolically brilliant. And, uh, and when I first learned about that, my respect for Wagner uh, rose tremendously because I thought that is the kind of 
insane thing that I would probably attempt but never finish. But he actually finished it, and he did it, and it works. Uh, it's a wonderful opera. I imagine if it's not available uh, or if it's not being shown in theaters in the, in the Mets live in HD transmissions, and unfortunately I don't have five hours to spend in a movie theater uh, on any given Saturday, but I imagine if it is, it will be shown in the spring or next summer on uh, PBS, on, uh, I can't remember what it's called, Great Performances at the Met, I think. In any case, that's one of the things I love, is this opera, Die Meistersinger von Nuremberg, uh, trying to focus a little bit more on the things that I like rather than the things that are annoying the hell out of me. Obviously, I was a little late this week with the podcast. That means I may skip next week. I don't know. Got a lot of stuff going on, a lot of stuff on my plate. All of it good. All of it fun and exciting work, if difficult work. Uh, But if it wasn't difficult, they wouldn't call it work. They'd call it fun, wouldn't they? In any case, have a terrific weekend and a wonderful Halloween. If I don't return next week, I will be uh, up in your inbox with another podcast before you know it. So until then, I will see you in November. uh, And remember, wake up with your piss hot. So long.